Thank you. You wouldn't think I did this for a job every day, standing up in front of people and training. But I tell you what, whew, this is scary. But God's good, amen? He is faithful. Huh? Piece of cake, yeah, no worries. Awesome. We're good to go. How about we just pray, amen? Father, we just thank you for your presence in this place, God. Father, we thank you that you are great and that you love us so much, Father. So, God, tonight as we sit under your word, I pray, Lord, that you would use me, this humble vessel, God, and I just pray your words would penetrate our very being tonight, that, God, your word would just fall on open hearts and open ears, Father. And God, we just surrender ourselves to you afresh tonight. And we bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. The title of my message is Enter His Gates with Thanksgiving. Enter His Gates with Thanksgiving. That's what we've just done in this place. We've entered into God's presence. We've entered in to God, into the throne room of God and began to worship him and to begin to praise him and thank him. You know, I, I remember the first time I encountered God's presence. You know, my husband had been going to church for a while and I was a good Catholic girl. And, um, you know, I just thought, well, off he goes to church. That's good. He really needs it. He really needs to, you know change his life as I sat home and said goodbye. But I remember the first time I went to church and the main reason I ended up going to church was because Stephen just changed so much. There was a transformation in him that I couldn't put my finger on. I didn't know and I just had to put it down to, wow, must be God, must be God. I remember going to church for the very first time and walking into people raising their hands and singing and shouting and clapping and all of that. And I thought, what the heck is going on here? What is happening? What is this place? And yet, despite what I saw, my heart just about exploded inside of me. I had this feeling inside of me that I'd never experienced before in my life. It made me afraid. It made me nervous. It made me excited. It made me like I wanted to just jump out of my skin and I had no idea what was going on. I didn't know that was God. I didn't know. I didn't understand that that was God. But the more he came, the more he touched my heart. And I didn't deserve him to touch my heart. I didn't deserve him to come and love on me the way he did. You know, there's been different times in my experience with God that I've loved him like more than words can say. And there's been times where I felt disappointed with God. There's been times where I felt frustrated with God. There's been times where I've even felt angry with God in my life. I felt like God's a million miles away. He doesn't care about me anymore. He doesn't care what's happening in my life. He just moves on. But, you know, that's not the truth. <laughs> that is so not the truth. So even though I experienced those things, one thing is that his love never disappointed. His love never failed. His love never left me 
He never walked away. I just felt like he did, but he never walked away. He was still right there, right beside me all the way. I just didn't know that at that moment in my life. And even when Joel had his motorbike accident in America and we thought he was going to die, you know, my heart as a mother was pounding and and Stephen as a dad, our, our hearts were like, why God? What's happening, God? We don't understand God. And in moments like that, all of these mixed emotions come rushing in and we don't know how to deal with it all. We don't even know what to say to each other. And yet the presence of God comes and he says, it's okay. I am with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. And that was the word God gave me. God gave me that word in that moment where my heart was shattered and my anxiousness that Damien spoke about was through the roof. But yet God came and said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But he said, I will not leave your son and this will not lead to death. You see, God's word is true and it is amen. God doesn't change. You know who changes? We do. We're governed by the moment. We're governed about how we feel. We're governed about what's going on at work. In our personal lives, we're governed by so much rubbish. And yet God's going like, I'm right here. I haven't changed. I haven't left you. I haven't walked away. But God, you're so far away. No, I'm not. I'm right here. But yet we allow all these things that come up in our life to overtake and overwhelm what God has said to us. What has God said to us? My grace is sufficient for you. In your weakness, I will make you strong. Do you think he's just putting words in there just for the fun of it? God loves us. He is awesome in power. He will do all that he says he will do, but he will do it his way, not my way. He will not do it your way. As much as you want to try and manipulate God, let me tell you, I've tried. It won't work. God, I promise. I promise, God. I promise. I really mean it. I'll do whatever you want, but not that. Yeah? We've had the conversation. Let's be honest, huh? We've had these conversations with God. You know, things weigh us down. Life weighs us down, but God remains the same. Let's see if I can be a really good trainer. Whoa! (laughs) You know, Pastor Ben spoke about this last week and a week before, I think. And it's a word to our church. And I just want to read this to you. It says, sing, barren woman, you who never bore a child. Burst into song, shout for joy, you who were never in labour. Because more are the children of the desolate, the deserted, the abandoned woman than of her own, than of her who has a husband, says the Lord. I want us to focus on this. There's particular words in here that are amazing. It says, sing. When I was trying to fall pregnant with Luke, I, I had a, a miscarriage before that. And I'd just come really, we had been with God not for a very long time. But man, my heart was like, no, the very thing I want, the very thing I want. You know, and yet 
in this verse, in this passage, it says, sing, barren woman, sing. Why would you want to sing when you're feeling like that? Are you crazy? What was, what's he talking about? But it says, sing, burst into song. And you can sit here tonight and go, well, I can't sing. It's got nothing to do with it, nothing. It says, make a joyful noise to God. It doesn't say, sing in your best trained voice. It says sing just because you can't, just because I want to, just because I want to just declare my God is so amazing. I have to sing because if I don't, something inside of me is going to explode. Something inside of me needs me to shout and declare how good my God is, even though I may be barren. Even though I may be barren, I will bless the Lord. Yeah? It says burst. It says to erupt in song. Erupt in song. Oh, we just have to wait for Jack. (laughs) Jack will lead us. Jack will help us to erupt in song. You know what? We don't... I love Jack with all my heart. (laughs) And we need you, Jack, but we sort of don't. (laughs) (laughs) You know, bursting into song should be something that's just in us. In us. I don't know, sometimes, you know, I walk around work and I'm singing and the girls say to me, you're always singing. I'm like, am I? I don't even realise sometimes I just walk around singing. But that, I, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like that's something that just, I don't know, maybe God's just put in me. And then it says, shout for joy. I love this. Declare. Yell. Bellow and roar. <laughs> Shout for joy. I love that. I was like, yes. Few men need to roar in this place. Few men need to start roaring the goodness of God. Yeah? Some of the women need to start declaring who Christ is in their life and in their homes. We need to begin to declare. Six to 12 months ago, I really felt that God began to challenge me around what personally about my own um, backing off of what God's put in me. And I fought that, you know, started fighting and I'm like, oh, I'm too old to be singing, I'm too old to be, you know, like all these dumb excuses, you know. God goes, yeah, okay, just keep raving on, you know. And, um, and I just thought, like, God, you know. And then all of a sudden the penny dropped or maybe I just started listening to the Holy Spirit. Maybe I just started listening to God again. But when Ben said about this Isaiah 54, man, it rocked me last week, like, just in my spirit. I said, enlarge your tent. Enlarge your tent. You know, we can say that as a church, but what's God saying to you about your tent? What's he saying to you about your tent? Are you nice and safe? It's cosy. It's warm. It's okay. I'm happy. But God's going like, enlarge your tent. Put your tent pegs in deeper. And you know what? We're going to do that together as a family. We're walking this walk together as a family. But, you know, I, I just want to read this to you. For us to live our lives in worship, 
Worship is not just about songs. It's the way we do life, living life, serving, giving, loving people. He wants to meet with us and take us deeper. He wants our hearts to melt in his presence, to want more of him. Not just sing songs, but to come wanting to give him our sacrifice of praise, to tell him how much we love him, to thank him for all he has and continues to do, to fall in love with him over and over again, to abandon ourselves, to let go and chase after him, to be vulnerable with him. He wants us to know and live in his freedom. You know, that's what God gave me. That's what God said to me. I want you to live in my freedom. We have been created to worship God. We have been created to have fellowship with God. Not just a social fellowship, not just a social relationship, but an intimate relationship with God. Yeah? We have been called to live in unity with him. You know, God told us how much he loves us by his death on the cross, and we hear that every Sunday. You know, every Sunday we come and we hear around communion, Jesus gave his life for us. And, you know, we can become so dull of hearing sometimes and we can become so comfortable with hearing that all the time that all of a sudden we just become familiar with it. But Jesus died for our sin. He died for you and me to have a relationship with him he just didn't die on the cross so you could sit in church today and go wow i'm saved god's great he wants more than that he longs for more than that he longs for more than that you know it's easy to come and worship when everything's going good huh when things are going good yeah god's great he's awesome but wow how about when it's tough how about when we're going through the tough times? How about when your soul aches and you can't sleep at night? Damien spoke about not being able to sleep at night. And I just want to give you a scripture about what David said. David said that he praised and worshipped God. I remember you upon my bed and meditate upon you in the night watches. As he poured out his heart in worship day and night to God, David discovered strength. His faith rose in the wilderness. He went to the word. He meditated on the word and he spoke the word. The same with us. We need to meditate upon the word. We need to go to the word. We need to speak the word out aloud. We need to speak what God says out loud. Why? I don't know. It just feels good. It feels good to declare God's word out loud. I need to hear it as well. In Psalm 63.1, sorry, I've got a lot of Psalms, but I'm not, I'm not going to apologise. I just feel like God just wants to reiterate stuff with us tonight. A Psalm of David when he was in the desert. You, God, are my God. Earnestly I seek you. I thirst for you in a dry, parched land where there is no water. Wow, we live on the driest continent. <laughs> we've had bushfires, we've had all of that stuff. But yet we can be so dry in our experience and we can be so dry in our walk with God. It feels like we're in the desert. Yeah? 
Worship changes everything. Even a desert wilderness becomes a place of sweet fellowship with God. David meditated upon God's faithfulness rather than his situation. We know the story about David. You know? But God wants us to meditate upon him in the midst of our situation. In the middle of the anxiety. In the moment of loneliness, of disappointment, discouragement, anger, whatever it is, God wants us to be the centre of his situation. Another one. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless him. I don't know, that does something for me. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. He doesn't say, oh, you know, just try and get in. He hasn't got the door locked. He's not holding us out. We're holding ourselves out from entering into the presence of God. We're holding ourselves back because of our situation, because of our circumstance. And God's saying, enter, come in, come running into my presence with thanksgiving. Come into my courts with praise. Even if you don't feel like it, despite your situation, enter and bless his name. You know, who's, who's a grandparent here? So cool being a grandparent. I love it. Like, seriously? You know, oh, Julie, Julie's not yet. It's all right. You will be. It's okay. Takes time, Jules. <laughs> anyway, you know, there's nothing like, oh, I love it when my grandkids, our, our grandkids, not just mine, um, and they come running over or they, they FaceTime us and Ezra especially, she's hilarious. She goes, hey, Nana. Oh, hi, babe, how are you going? She goes, I'm good, where's Pop? <laughs> yeah, she comes to my house and she goes, Nana, Nana, I need coffee. She only has the froth. I need coffee. Nana, Nana, can you do this? Nana, 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 and the finger. Nana, I need this from you now. I saw her doing it to Julie the other day. It was so cute. My grandkids do not stand at the door and go, Nana and Pop, can we come in? Heck no. No. They don't say that. Do your kids knock on your door? My kids still don't knock. They just come in. They got the key. They just walk in. Hey. You know? But that's how God wants us to be. Are we his kids or not? Come into his presence with thanksgiving. Come into his courts with praise. Don't let any situation prevent us from doing that. He's our father. He wants to pick us up. He wants to love on us. He knows our situation. He knows what we're going through. He understands. Believe it or not, he understands. The awesomeness of God's word, the awesomeness of who he is. You know, in Psalm 95, I'm just going to go through real quick. Let us enter his presence again. I don't know how many times I've got to be told. Enter his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him in song. You know, I, I was blown away. The more I read, the more I just had this, it was just like this over flood of Psalms. And I was like, mm, God, I know there's a lot. But there's so much more. Psalm 96, sing to the Lord, praise his name, 
proclaim his salvation day after day. You know, David worshipped expecting God's presence. He expected to meet with God. That was his heart, you know. If, if God, if you don't come, I'm going to die if you don't come. You know, and there's times I felt like that. God, if, I, if you don't come, I'm, I seriously don't know what I'm going to do. David lifted his hands as an expression of adoration, reverence and surrender. We lift our hands to God because we love him, because we surrender to him, because, I don't know, it's an act of just, I just want to give you everything. I just want to surrender to you. He lifted his hands as an outward sign of faith. So too, we are to sing, lift our hands. It takes faith, but more than that, it's an expression of surrender to God. Do you know, we had a period in our life where we were at Westside Church, which is now Edge, and we went through a period of, of real, I guess, real renewal of where God just touched and there were some crazy things going on, you know, like people running around the building during worship and it was like all this crazy stuff going on. And, but, you know, the presence of God was so thick and so tangible. You know, people just couldn't stand in the presence of God. And, you know, I was one of those. I remember going to the entertainment centre and there was worship and I don't even know who the guy was that was there that spoke. But anyway... And he said, we're going to do a fire tunnel. I was like, what the heck is a fire tunnel? Like, we were up in the stands and I remember these people forming this, like a tunnel and people going through. People couldn't even get a quarter of the way through and they were just whack, just like getting slammed. And I was like, oh my goodness, what is going on? That can't be God. That cannot be God. That God just doesn't work like that. God doesn't do that. Boy, was I wrong. I was standing up in this, up about the, I don't know, third, up, up in the, anyway, I just, next minute I just felt like somebody whacked me in the back, like seriously, just went, Poof! and I just went over like this, over the front of the chair, and then I got flung back, and I was like, what the heck is going on? This happened to me about three times, as God is my witness, I'm, I don't, it was like this, like, it, was, it felt like somebody was grabbing me and pushing me and pulling me and pushing me and pulling me. And then I felt God say to me, how can you say that's not me? I'm like, got my attention. <laughs> and that sounds really weird. And probably if I was up, somebody else was up here saying that story, you'd probably think she's nuts. She is cuckoo. But I tell you, God will do things to get your attention. God will do stuff to get your attention. And he doesn't care whether you're embarrassed or not. Because I was pretty embarrassed and I couldn't even walk. I was ruined. Like ruined. But I tell you, that was the most amazing. And I just said, God, I don't want you to hit me that hard next day. I don't want you to whack me around, but I want your presence. I want to feel your presence. You know? So God wants us to feel his presence. God wants you and I to know that he hears your cry. I want to finish off with this. Oh, oh I read that. Okay. I just want to leave these few bits with you. We are created to be intimate 
to be in an intimate relationship with God. Number one, we have been created to be in an intimate relationship with God. He saved us to have a relationship with him. We are created to join with the angels in worship to our God. (laughs) The worship, the angels sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. What do you think heaven's going to be like? Think we're going to be sitting around going like, oh God, my situation. I can't worship. Oh God, I'm so tired. Nah, we're going to be so mesmerised by who he is that all we want to do is join with the angels and worship. Join with the angels and worship. We are created for his pleasure. He loves to hear your voice. Do you know that? He loves to hear your voice. He loves to hear whether you sing good, bad or otherwise. If you can't sing, tell him. You know, we were instructed tonight to just tell God. Pastor Ben got up and said, just tell him. Tell him how you feel. He's done so much. Let's tell him how we feel about him. And he inclines his ear to you. He hears you. He hears you. He hears you. So tonight I hope that encourages you. I hope that tonight that you know, worship isn't just about the songs. It's about just coming and going like, God, I don't care. You know, I, I really don't care what anybody else is doing. All I care is about what, my, what I'm doing with you. And sometimes we're governed by other people. What are people going to think? You know what? If we're all doing the same thing, nobody's going to think about anything. No one's going to look at anybody. You know, I'm pretty loud. I'm a pretty boisterous person and, you know, and so is Jules. She's pretty boisterous too but that's why we love each other so much because we're the same. It's a bit scary. But you know what? It's not about the people like us. It's not about us being boisterous. You know, they go, oh, but that's your person. You know how many times I've been told... Oh, you know, you, you're, you're really outgoing in, in worship. That's because your personality. You know what? I hate that because that's not true. <laughs> I just want to tell God how much I love him. And so tonight, how about we stand and how about we just take a moment. If the band can come back. You know, it is about the presence of God. You know, we sang that song, it's your presence. And that's what it's all about. It's about God's presence. And it's about us stepping out of our place of feeling really comfortable. Maybe you've never raised your hands before. I'm not going to tell you to do that. That's between you and God. Maybe you've never got down on your knees. I'm not going to tell you to do that either because that's between you and God. But what I will tell you is that God is waiting to hear your voice. God is waiting to hear your expression of love to him. God is inclining his ear to you. 
He's leaning down and he's saying, speak, sing, whatever. Just do it. Just do it. Just sing a new song to God. Just sing a new song to him. Come on and lift your voices to God and worship Him. Oh, He is worthy to be praised. Oh, just tell Him you love Him. Tell Him you love Him. Oh, tell Him you need Him. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, Lord. Oh, and everything that is within me will bless His name, bless His name, yeah. Come, let's worship Him, Lord. Oh, we long for more of You. Oh, we long for more of You, God. Your presence, Lord, in this place. Oh, we give you everything, Jesus. Oh, we give you everything, Jesus. Oh, we lay it down at your feet, God. Oh, we sing a new song. Oh, we sing a new song of praise. We declare that you are God, yes. Oh, we worship you, God. 